Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 29th, 2018, and we are reading in the big book on page 101. We're reading the fourth paragraph that starts, you will note that we made an important qualification, and we'll be reading through that one paragraph that ends at the top of page 102, commenting on that one paragraph. The reference numbers for yesterday, 7 a.m. share ID, 11,841, 11841, and yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11,842, 11842. Always preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome and we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. Excuse me. <clears throat> we are self-supporting through our own contributions. Neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Jackie M., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Yes, good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Have a great day.
Thank you, Jackie M. And I need to make a quick editorial that I neglected to announce our readers today. Jackie M. is doing the 12 steps, which she had done. Nadia B. will be reading the 12 traditions. And our readers of the text are Melissa C., Susan H., Terry C. Our newcomer greeter is Devorah S., and our second hour host will be Craig F. And so, thank you for letting me make that correction. And Nadia B., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Sure thing, Moira. Good morning, everyone. Nadia B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Connecticut. And these are the 12 traditions of a Reader's Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such should never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name should never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all this tradition, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Nadia B. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be giving gentle reminders at two minutes, 50 seconds. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 101, and we will be reading from the fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph on the page. And it starts, you will note that we made an important qualification. 
reading through just that one paragraph that ends at the top of page 102. And I will now ask Ms. Melissa C. to get us started, please. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, you will note that we have made an important qualification. Therefore, ask yourself on each occasion, have I any good social, business, or personal reason for going to this place? Or am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? If you answer these questions satisfactorily, you need have no apprehension. Go or stay away, whichever seems best. But be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. Do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. But if you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. Okay, I'm just going to set my timer, um, Melissa C. So there's an important um, qualification here. You know, like it's very clear um, that um, the thing that makes it suitable for me to be in an alcohol um, and food-filled place, you know, it, it's it's okay for me. If I've got a reason to be there, there's got to be like a social reason, you know, whether it's part of companionship, um, you know, a business reason, like it's, it's work-related. I need to be there because there's work um, involved or personal reasons, you know, like the wedding of a friend or a relative. Um, and these are like the external reasons, you know, so... If, like if my husband wants to go out um, for a dinner um, or a weekend getaway and there's food there, um, I go for a social reason, you know. And if there's a retirement dinner at work um, or like a holiday work party and, and there's food around, you know, I go. I, I go to these food-filled events. Um, uh, you know, the, and the other qualification is that um, my internal reasons are thoroughly good. Like, so those are the outside reasons, but what are my inside reasons? You know, I, I can't go there um, if I'm looking to get something out of it, you know. Um, so, like, I, I have to go to everything, um, you know, to see what I can bring to it. I used to go places always concerned with what they were giving me, what are they serving me, and you know, the the switch here is that what am I serving to others? What am I bringing to others? So, you know, before I go to a social gathering um, where I know there's going to be food, um, I try to set and, like, state for myself my intention. You know, like, what's my external reason for going there? And then I try to state my internal reason, you know, and that God helps me find someone there that I can be useful to. I say that prayer before I walk in to a place, you know, and it, for me it's amazing how the person nearly always appears who really needs a helping hand. If you go to an event, if I go to an event and I am looking for someone that I can be useful to, it, it's sometimes it's so obvious, you know, it could be like an old aunt you know, needs someone to make her a plate of food because she can't use her walker and carry a plate at the same time, you know, or it can be really subtle. It could be someone who's socially awkward. I can look for the most 
socially awkward person in the room and smile at them and be friendly and kind. Um, You know, and I'll just close up quickly because I know my time is up. Um, This is what it means to be free. I don't have to be afraid to go places any longer. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay. So by giving me your first name and last initial once, I will repeat it back to you. And who would like to share on what was read today? Please ask star one. Amanda E. Barbara E. Katie K. Larry K. Katie, I got you. Leia S. Leia S. Is that Raquel? Yes, I just would like to know what you read today. Oh, okay. I'll let you know. Who else would like to share? Roz G. Roz G. Okay, let's stop there. And, uh, yes, we are reading from page 101. We're on the fourth paragraph that starts, you will note that we made an important qualification. We're reading through just that one paragraph and commenting on it. And here's who I have. Thank you, Raquel. Amanda B., Barbara E., Larry K., Katie F., Leah S., and Roz G. Amanda B., please take us away. Hi, this is Amanda B., a compulsive overeater covered in Canada. Um, I just really love this paragraph for so many reasons. In the beginning, for me, it meant, um, you know, it meant freedom, like oh my gosh, I can be in a place where food is and I'm not going to be distracted. Or I can walk in a room and not be trying to be the skinniest girl in the room or the prettiest girl in the room. And, um, you know, and sometimes what happens now is that I still do that. But when I do that, I have God in the background using it to help me learn instead of my disease using it to help me feel bad about myself, blah, blah, blah. What I love about this reading is go or stay away as long as your motives are good. And I can apply that to me to any situation and any person, anything I'm about to say. Is my motive good? And and that's what I love. I actually don't take this so much about places anymore, but it's about anything that I'm looking at. If I need to know is God there, I just say, you know, what are my motives here? And then if I make a mistake, I can amend it. If I don't like something, I can forgive it. And and that's it. So I just wanted to share that because I love that line, go or stay away as long as my motives are good. And to me, I say go or stay away as long as my motives are God. And all for me, it's what are my motives? Am I trying to steal something out of this? Am I trying to, or am I just showing up trying to be a service? And then when I don't do perfectly because I'm a human and I just won't, that's okay. I have a way of living a design for life that tells me what to do. So I just love this, and um, and it also helps me so much with myself and with sponsors when it does come to, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Um, you know, what is your motive? So anyway, thank you for letting me share. I wish you all such a wonderful day. Thank you, Amanda B. <clears throat> Excuse me, caught me off guard. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much. Maura, not Martha. Now I'll think of that in quotes. I love the line, do not think of what you'll get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. 
I can go anywhere. I go to a face-to-face meeting uh, every single week where we're not allowed to mention specific foods. We have to say the round thing that you get at the end of a birthday party with a candle in it. We can't say cake because people seem to be too frightened that everyone will run out and get a cake. To me, that's foolish. We can't be put on that ice floor. Food is not nuts and bolts. It's just food. I'm going to book club today. I go once a month. There are 12 of us, so I'm the, I am not the hostess today. So for the 11 of the 12 months, I know that these women will be making quiches and meatballs and spaghetti and creamy products as the entree. I don't eat that. So I focus on what I can contribute. I bring vegetable platters. I bring big, beautiful, bountiful fruit salads. And I don't concentrate on the food. I concentrate on the faces around the table. I take a look around the room. If there's someone that seems to be looking a tad uncomfortable, a tad isolated, I purposely go over and speak to the person. We have wonderful book talks, and that's really what it's all about. I offer to be helpful. And there is a prayer that I say that's very appropriate for any occasion like this. It goes like this. Dear God, teach me to eat right and for the right reasons. Uh, Nourish me, never harm or weaken me. Let the food I ingest Create a perfect balance within me in body, mind, and soul. If I go in with the right attitude, thinking about the people, thinking about the joy, thinking about the memories of what's been said and what's been laughed at and shared, and not about the food, because food is not the enemy for me anymore. I can be around it. This wasn't always so. It wasn't. I used to place myself in front of the appetizers and voraciously eat my way through everything and then take as much stuff as I could take home. Today I can help offer to clear the plates, but that doesn't mean put the leftovers in my mouth. It means put the leftovers in the garbage. I can bring the platters back to the room and actually wrap them in saran wrap not put them in barber wrap. Thank you, dog. I can do it and you can do it too. It's a beautiful, beautiful program that works. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by KDF. Larry. Hey, Maura. Thank you. Um, Boy, I I tell you, and I'm going to set my timer here, Maura. I wish someone, well, I'm glad that someone had the guts eventually to tell me this wasn't written for me when I had an untreated condition. This is someone who's in step 12. They've crossed the bridge to freedom. I wish someone would have the guts. I'm, I'm going to try to have the guts to tell you, if you have not completed the process, you haven't trusted in the process and worked the steps all the way through in sequence, I don't care what your motives are, what your attitude is, what your wonderful, beautiful intentions are for being somewhere. You're going to eat, you're going to eat, you're going to eat. And I know that through my own bitter experience. If you're one of us, if you're one of us, if you have this twofold nature of this disease, 
you know, Dr. Bob, he, um, he met Bill, he met a kindred spirit in Bill Wilson and, and uh, they were both born in Vermont and he eventually met him. And you know what? He, he, he probably had this book been published. He, he met with Bill. They probably talked about step one. I bet they got that out of the way. They talked about the problem. I bet they talked about the solution in step two. He may even started to, to, to do a, an inventory about his grosser handicaps with Bill and maybe talk it through. And then he went to Atlantic City <laughs> 90 plus years ago, right? Some 90 years ago. Do we, we don't identify in with him. Remember what happened to Dr. Bob in Atlantic City? He might have had great intentions. He was a doctor. He belonged there. The guy was drunk. He ate, he ate, and he ate. This, is, this wasn't written for me if I had not completed the process. I'm going to tell you that that's my bitter experience. And I would read this, and I would scheme my way into thinking, well, it's Thanksgiving. I, I have a good reason to be there. I'm, I have good intentions. I got all my weighed and measured food. And you know what I did because I had an untreated condition, condition because I had not completed this process? I might not have some years. I, in a way, I didn't eat during, during that time I was with my family. I ate later. And sometimes I snuck a plate in the bathroom and I ate then. And what am I going to I'm going to scheme. I'm going to bookend with phone calls. Who am I kidding? I'm going to be honest with you and tell you it is a lovely program, but if you have not completed the process and had an effective spiritual awakening, you're going to eat and you're going to eat and you're going to eat. Guarantee. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. Katie F., it is your turn, followed by Leah S. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm kind of echoing the same thing that Larry was saying. And just for myself, I had been in, um, well, I'd been in OA for six years before I got abstinent. And now I've been abstinent for 30 years, almost 31. And um, so the way my abstinence worked back then in those first six years is I would call in my food for a few days or maybe a few weeks, and then something would come up you know, this legitimate reason to go out to eat. And I would go out to eat and I would eat something that sort of resembled what I was planning to eat, but it was really, you know, BS. Um, and there, there I would go back down the road of relapse. So for me, I had to identify not just I, uh, the red light foods, but just my behaviors. And for me, the restaurant industry was a behavior that I had to, forego for a good year of, um, of my first year of recovery. I had to be willing to say no. And I had to set boundaries with my family and with friends and with people who were used to me just going with the flow and just being the um, all you can eat girl. And I had to change that behavior. And as Larry said, you know, <laughs> It, it didn't matter. Um, I was not strong enough, even though I worked in a restaurant. I was a caterer. I was around food 24-7, not 24-7, but every waking moment, I was around food, preparing food, and doing all this stuff with food. But being in a social situation, eating out in a restaurant, that was a trigger for me. And a trigger for me with that menu of saying, well... 
well, I think that would be okay. Well, I think I can have this. And, you know, in doing that, I, I really was able to define very specifically what foods are really triggers for me. It's not just sugar. It's not just, I don't know. There's just, there's just things and combinations that I to this day do not eat, even if I could uh, figure it out. I don't eat them because they are trigger foods for me. And I did not find that out by testing it out on day one or 10 or 30 or 50 of my abstinence. I waited and I was willing to set boundaries and to stay away. Now, there were times um, that I did go places, but I ate before I went. And, you know, I didn't sit with a long face, but I did uh, just gave myself that time and space to recover. With that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Katie F. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Roz K. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, This is Leah S., back in Brooklyn, and very grateful. Um, Am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? Um, Do not think what you will get out of the occasion. If I am on shaky ground, then you better talk to another alcoholic. You know, um, me too. In the beginning, I had to set boundaries, and um, I accepted that I cannot go at this place or that place because I was not recovered. I was following the program, and I was trying to do the steps. But until such comprehension did not come to me, it wasn't possible for me to put myself in a position of losing that abstinence. I needed to understand what it is that this program is teaching me. And that was exactly how um, I have come to be able to go today, wherever I go, and face whatever I see, and, and, and not miraculously not be tempted, which is true. It's very true. And so today the reasons that I go to uh, special parties or occasions or even get together with friends when they're making a party of, of some, some sort that, that is not for me, the food doesn't even come into the equation anymore because I look forward to different other things. I look forward to the social and I look forward to integrating and and just for the pleasure of seeing people that I haven't seen in a while. And um, by having that in mind, uh, that has helped me a tremendous lot. And taking care of my own needs, my uh, you know my food needs. If if it is too late, I don't eat late anyway. I I um I usually have my dinner much earlier uh than most people and so it's okay. It's okay. So with that I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. 
Roz T., it is your turn. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. Uh, this is Roz G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And my life before my program was all about me, myself, and I, for the most part. I can think about occasions when I had kids, when I had my babies, and, you know, I spent a lot of time breastfeeding or changing and thinking about their needs. But like I said before, most of the time I was thinking about me, myself, and I. And, you know, some specific memories come to pass, especially one where I used to go to these ladies' retreats with my old church, and um, I remember that the, the, the ladies would say, oh, Mrs. So-and-so, the pastor's wife, sure does feed us well. And I and I I remember one occasion we were at the Queen Mary and we were having a dinner. We had, of course, a beautiful, huge dinner, and they didn't bring dessert. <laughs> I was so angry that they didn't bring dessert. And um, I remember lusting after this lady's um, pasta that she didn't finish, and when the waiter took it away and put it on the, the table, I was like looking at it like I wanted it so badly. Um, and I just was thinking about getting that food inside of me. And then most of the time I would, when I was invited to a special occasion, I would think about what they're serving, you know, what was going to be on the menu. Um, or I remember one time when my ex-husband didn't bring me, didn't, uh, went to in and out burger and didn't put cheese and I cried because there was no cheese on the burger. I got cried and got mad. But what I think about is how I thought about me. What are you going to serve me? What am I going to eat? And what what are you, what are you going to do for me? And it, it I had to have a spiritual awakening. I had to have a personality change to think about you and how you're feeling. What what's going on with you instead of me? And over time and with the spiritual awakening and with the personality change, I I do that through God's grace. And just, you know, just like today I turned 55 years old. August 29th is my birthday. And I'm working today and I teach. And so I bought uh, lots of little mini cupcakes for my students. And I think... Every year, you know, for the past few years, I do celebrate. My my birthday usually falls on a school day, and so I do that. Why do I do that? Because it gives me a chance to bond with my students. They get to see that I'm a human, and I don't care about the dang cupcakes, but they sure do. Gentle they reminder. love it. Thank you. They love it. And it's not about me. It's about them. So I'm so grateful for for these words and that um, today I'm not thinking about me, myself, and I all time. the time. Thank you. Thank you, Raj G, and happy birthday. Okay, so we are on page 101. We are on the fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph on the page, and it starts with, you will note that we made an important qualification we read through the first, that, that one paragraph that ends on the top of 102. And with your first name and first initial of your last name, would you let me know if you'd like to share on this? Please press Katie star B. one. Katie B. Katie B. Craig F. Katie G. I got gotcha. you. Jen A. Mary H. Jen A. Katie G. I got you. 
Oh, another Kate. No, I'm sorry. Another Kate. Kate. Another Kate. Oh, my bad. Please, please accept my apologies. Okay. No problem. This is who I have: Katie G, Craig F, Mary H, Jen A, and Kate B. Okay, Katie G. Katie G, good okay. morning. Yes, sorry. Hi, I was unmuting. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And yeah, me too. Like, entirely abstinent, right? I can't be helping others if I'm not entirely abstinent. And I had a period too, a story too, about me going out and overeating and talking to the dietitian and her saying, yeah, that's okay. But then talking to another compulsive overeater and saying, hey, no, that's not. But I guess I really want to focus on the most important line for me in this paragraph. If you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. Why? Why? Why do I still have to help others? Why isn't it just enough for me to help my family and to, you know, do all these wonderful things that I'm taught to do in this program, like I'm taught to show up and unload the dishwasher and things like that? Why? Because I need to remember who I am. My program, my devotion to God is the most important thing in my life without exception. So the day that I got married, my sponsees were like, no, I don't want to, you know, don't you go do your thing. And I'm like, no, no, we're talking. We're talking whether or not you want to talk to me or not. We're talking. Why? Because I need to remember who I am. I need to remember that today, by the grace of God, I can say I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. But every throughout this book, it reminds me my step one, my primary purpose is to stay abstinent to admit I have no power, no choice, or no control around the food to work my steps and to pass this on to other compulsive overeaters because that is the solution to all my problems. And, you know, when I, when I pray for, for my, my ability to be a better wife, to be a better mother, learning to help others in this program, whether it be through sponsorship, whether it be through step 10s, whether it be like it's the, you know, one of my favorite teachers talks about it is death of self for success, successful living. Allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. What is my main problem? Selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear. I do not want to wake up naturally and, and help others. I get so scared. I get so obsessed. Oh, why should I go? Do I have to go to this additional party? I mean, I married into the biggest partying family of my life. Okay, and uh, Katie D from Boston doesn't love to go and socialize. But I go and I bring my recovery program with me, and I bring my phone with me, and I excuse myself at intervals so that I can help others, so I can carry this message that there is hope. Why? Because for some reason, my death has been interrupted today, and I'm not eating addictively, I'm not starving, I'm not purging, I'm not hurting myself. So whatever is going on in my life, I am blessed because I have this blessed gift of abstinence, and this book reminds me over and over again, whatever the problem is, others are the solution. Not the way I think I should, they should be helped, but passing along this message, and that is my primary purpose, staying abstinent, doing the step work, helping others, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Okay, Craig S., it's your turn, followed by Mary H. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you? This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I uh, work in the construction industry, and from time to time, I, I uh, 
called on to give the safety talks. Uh, we call them toolbox talks, and uh, uh, to the men on the on the job site. And one of the things that one of my taglines that I always say when I'm giving those talks is always err on the side of safety. Um, you know, there's nothing so important that uh, you can forget about. Uh, safety and the other thing that I always remind people of when I'm doing that is that the number one cause of accidents uh, industrial accidents is uh, failure to be aware of your situation um, you know in other words walking out in front of a piece of equipment or or uh, not realizing you're working too close to the edge of a of a tall building or something of that nature, not being aware of what you're doing. And, you know, it talks here about, um, it talks here about the, you know, that you can go places and, and do things if you're in fit spiritual condition. And, and, and I, you know, I, I've had that, uh, freedom from food obsession. I, 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 I work hard, I think at keeping myself in fit spiritual condition, but, you know, uh, that that doesn't mean I shouldn't always err on the side of safety, and that doesn't mean that I shouldn't always be cognizant of the fact that I need to be aware of my uh, uh, surroundings, aware of my situation. Uh, that if I'm going into a, 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 a situation that might be emotionally challenging, you know. Um, a place, a family reunion, or something where where feelings and old tapes get to be played, and uh, that uh, that I shouldn't err on the side of safety. That I that I should spend a little extra time in prayer. That I should ask God to show me if there's someone there that I might be of service to. You know, and, and not necessarily it's just a service by bringing them a program message, but just be a service. Just listen to somebody that needs to listen to, or, or, or uh, to be a friend to somebody that needs a friend. In other words, I have to be aware of the fact that I am a compulsive overeater, and that I need uh, that I I need to be thinking of something other than myself. Uh, in order to maintain this wonderful gift, this freedom from food obsession that I have, and and not tightrope walk the edge of the cliff just because I can, you know, because one misstep is still Gentle a killer. Reminder. All right. Well, great. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Mary H., it's your turn, followed by Jen A. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. This is Mary H. Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Great. Taking a big, deep breath. It's my first time sharing on the line. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, And I just really appreciate how this big book, it gives us these really concrete examples and stories and situations for us to uh, consider and learn from, but then it also encourages us to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And uh, one of the comments that was already made really inspired me to think about, you know, how do I apply this idea of, you know, going in a spirit of helpfulness 
into all of my situations. I mean, what a, what a lovely, like, I feel like it kind of gives us a prayer to pray um, in preparation for, for any situation that I am going into that I can pause and ask myself, what are my, what are my intentions and how can I be of maximum usefulness? And it brought to mind specifically that, you know, my mother um, has bipolar disorder and sometimes it's managed really well. And sometimes she has breakthrough behaviors um, and just, she is one of my best friends. She's absolutely one of my best friends and it's, um, it can be very stressful and uh, difficult when she's going through those more um, just different times for herself. She, she is herself, but she's a, a different version of herself. And so I am just so, so looking forward to continuing working these steps, getting recovered so that I can feel really, just really confident in being able to show up for that relationship in fit spiritual condition. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Caught me off guard. Okay. Uh, Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Kate B. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Maura. This is Jen A. Recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic in Colorado. Mary, way to get on the line and be brave. You are courageous today. Um, so uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up um, in knowing that I'm working with others, right? Um, and this is guiding me to help somebody else in the work. And if I have a sponsee or someone that I'm working with and they're not sure, right, then they're going to come to me for um, – my experience, strength, and hope in how, in how to go about this, right? Should I go um, or should I not? And um, this is where I loved working with my sponsor, and I still do this. And, and he's really, really great because he said to me when we first started, now remind, remind yourself, Jennifer, um, that you came here on a losing streak, right? And so um, anytime you want to make any decision that's really big and you're unsure, um, we're going to do that by committee only, and I thought, who is this guy? Like, I'm in my 40s. I don't, I don't need to do anything by committee. Aha. But I listened, right? And that committee is me, God, and my sponsor, or another closed mouth, trusted friend. And um, this pertains to anything. Um, and at the beginning, should I go out to a work party where people are going to be drinking and partying and eating? Am I safe there yet? Um, no, no, no. Um, if, you know, and then as I went through the program, it was like, and I got on more spiritual ground, and maybe I'm in step nine, and the promises are coming true. Um, you know, I had the opportunity um, to go somewhere else with friends and family. And again, by committee, I went to my sponsor and said, you know, here's where I'm at. This is what kind of condition I feel like I'm in spiritually. And he said, okay, sounds like you can go. Um, so, you know, I just have to keep reminding myself, um, like it says, what are my motives? Is it a good place for me to be? Um, and if it's not, it's a no, no, no. 
And if my motives are good and it's an awesome place for me to be and I'm on fit spiritual ground, then that means go, 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 right? And um, I love that a fellow sent to me today um, that song, you know, should I stay or should I go? It's the song that needs to play in my head all the time, right? Because um, that's what I'm having um, to wonder about. And now that I'm in fit spiritual condition, 10, 11, and 12, I've had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, then guess what? I have to ask God. Maybe I don't have to go to my sponsor all the time. Maybe I don't have to go this, to this committee of three because I can ask him because I'm now aware that there's a situation. I can seek God. And you know what? He's going to give me that knowledge on how to carry it out. So in working with others in this text today, I'm so glad that in 14 pages we get 150. 50 um, suggestions here and um, you know I just keep going back to these suggestions if I ever have a question with that I'll pass thank you Jen a Kate B it is your turn good morning Kate good morning and thank you for your service this is Kate B recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota and I, too, just want to piggyback on Jen, um, you know, the last sentence, you know, but if you're a shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. And that also rings true to me as I think back when, when I had a work meeting. Sometimes we can't avoid these times when we aren't through step 12 and we, need, we have to go to functions due to work or whatever other commitments, family functions, whatever it may be. And I had a work meeting that was uh, brought me away for a week. And I had so much fear. I was only uh, coming into step four. And I had made that decision. And, and I was feeling so high with God, riding the top of the wave, and so afraid that this vacation meeting, uh, time away, everything was going to go crashing down. And, you know, there's things that I did. And I think it's important to share that um, with other newcomers that may not be to step 12 but have to go through this. And, you know, I talk to my sponsor every day still. I wasn't too where I knew how to meditate or that wasn't part of my program yet. And and just visiting with her every day, and boy, was I grateful that, you know, she made different times during her day that she was able to do so. What a gift from God that was that, you know, I was in a totally different time zone again. And it meant two hours earlier than her. And yet she made the, you know, had the ability to be available. And um, it was it was amazing because every day I heard her voice and that gave me strength. And every day I, I prayed the third step prayer and, and turned to God and it gave me strength. I went with a girlfriend who's a, a normie and uh, she didn't quite understand my program, but I had so many miracles come through. So even though I wasn't recovered, I kept my abstinence because I kept in meetings. I kept talking to my sponsor and I was able to share with my friend. It gave me such courage. I was able to go to eat um, and, and stay abstinent. Uh, I brought sugar-free uh, salad dressing with or sugar-free ketchup. I mean, I packed it from Minnesota and flew it with me. Um, whatever I needed to bring with me, uh, even sugar-free mayo, uh, so that I could eat uh, my foods. And I wasn't embarrassed to go into a restaurant and pull up my bottle of ketchup. I did what I needed to do because it was about my abstinence and what is healthy and good for me. So today, as a recovered compulsive overeater, I just had a weekend away with my husband, and it was amazing. And, it, and that's exactly what I went to this paragraph, and, and I said, do not think of what I will get out of the occasion, but what will I, what can I bring to it? And boy, we just bonded. We had the best, deepest conversations I've ever had. I fell more in love with him. So every time that I'm challenged to go away and I bring my program and God with me, I see miracles, and it's amazing. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kate B. Okay, we have time for two shares. Who would like to share this morning? Nessa R. Hi, Nessa R. And Raquel. Okay, Nessa R. And Raquel E. Go ahead, Nessa. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm so glad I get to share this morning because um, my meditation today is so apropos of what we're talking. Um, you know, I was thinking how when I was in my disease, I, I did want to help people. I wanted to do volunteer work. I, I, you know, I did have those intentions. But, you know, somehow I just never managed to realize them, at least to the extent that I, that I wanted to. And there was only one reason, because food just occupied my mind at the exclusion, at the exclusion of everything else. Um, you know, I just couldn't focus on others. It was, I couldn't even focus on myself. I was just focused on the food. And, you know, last night, I had an event to go to, and it started quite late. I mean, it, it started at 8, and, you know, most people arrived even much later than that. And I ate my dinner at home with my family, and uh, I just thought, I'm not a socializer. I'm not a person who likes to schmooze. But, you know, I was able to sit there, and I was able Nessa, are we lost you? Star Hi, sorry. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Hello? Now, yes. Okay, great. Just like the the voice came up, <laughs> um, so um, I was able to actually talk to people, be interested in people, which for me it's it's a novelty, uh, to tell you the truth. And you know, another thing is I'm I'm a I'm an early riser, and therefore I go to bed early. And so around nine thirty, I said, okay, this is it. I'm I'm calling it quits. I'm going home. Um, you know, to go to bed. And as I was leaving, I noticed there was one person sitting at a table by herself. And, you know, I thought, you know, that's not right. You know, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I need to go to bed because I wake up early. But I went over and I sat with her and I, and we talked for over, over half an hour, you know, and, you know, that kind of, um, I would say, self-sacrifice, um, that focus on others would not have been able to, to take place if I had been focused on the food. If I had been focused on the food, the only thing that I would have been paying attention is when is the appetizer coming? When's the soup coming? Where's the, the dinner coming? When are they opening the dessert table? And and forget about talking to the, to others. Forget about this woman who was sitting by herself, you know, uh, bored and uncomfortable. Um, you know, I would not have cared about any of that. And that only happened uh, because I put the food um, down entirely. I nixed 100% all my trigger foods and trigger behaviors. Thank you. I worked these steps with the desperation of a dying man, and as a result, I recovered. I'm focused on the food. I'm truly, truly focused on others, and that, that was such a beautiful um, experience yesterday and evidence uh, of, of recovery and, and what Fine. I have to uh, thank you and you know what I have to add to life and with that I pass thank you thank you Nessa R Raquel E it is your turn good morning Raquel Raquel star one 
Hello, hello, hello. Forgive me for the delay. Yes, Raquel. As yes, we can I, hear you. Thank you so much for your service. And here, just one new battery, and uh, the, the timer is working. But still help me because I may forget myself. It is so exciting to be together. So thanks. So exciting to be together on these paragraphs because they they really they carry me back into life. The the courage that I have now and I I humbly submit it took me almost ten years. And this I, I shared yesterday, December twelfth will be ten years that I've been eating on my own table. Takes what it takes and and that's what it took. And I serve myself like a queen. And sometimes I have a friend or another over. But that's it. But now I started going out like, uh, like what do they call it, the British people coming out, like at age 16 when you finally are allowed to sit at the table with the adults. So uh, after 40 years in program, I can now go. The food, God is merciful and he took it away. I have another problem. Um, I, um, I know that and I am encouraged by my hosts to come again because and I and they accept me with my food and nothing else but I, as I shared yesterday you know they keep on asking me the the host is such a proper British gentleman isn't there anything we can give you well um, he was nice enough to bring over to me and put in my mailbox a uh, page from uh, from the Oxford Dictionary because I finally came over to their house when there were no guests and no, just to say hello. And um, his wife asked me because we really didn't have a chance to talk. Uh, and, and here um, I explained to them what I have and why I'm doing this. And I mentioned the word reprieve. And I asked him whether he knows, and he's a professor, you know, what, what does he know? Um, of this word, what it means, and he just pulled out the Oxford Dictionary, and this is what he read to me from there. And then he went and he he made a picture of it and um, copy and put it in my mailbox the other day. So there are three explanations, but I'll read the third one, which is the most important: relief or rescue from impending punishment, suspended or delay to suspend or delay the execution of a damned person. My God. It, to me, it sounds like, I think I said it already once online, like somebody has to go, God forbid, on the electric chair and they tell him, well, there's no electricity today, so we'll see about tomorrow. But that's what this overeating yes, is for me. And that's fine. But the other problem, I will talk some other time. When I come home emotionally, I, I am not okay because my family is so away from me and I have to go over the whole rigmarole in my head that I chose to come back here and I enjoy every minute of being here. And, and some part is hard I'm because I, my four kids are in America and grandchildren, but I'm grateful to God for what he gives me and I'm grateful that I have you to talk to this openly as I did. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Raquel E. Okay, and Raquel is our last re our last share for the day. Thank you everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study. Immediately follow <coughs> excuse me. 
immediately following closing. <clears throat> the share ID for today's meeting is 11,849-11849. And I will now ask Susan H. Um, we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Susan H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi. Uh, thanks for your service, Mara. Can you hear me okay? If you could speak up a little louder. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 